Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Oodcast. Episode 13. Mm-hmm. Unlucky for some. And almost unlucky for us too. That's right. We should probably explain why we haven't got a sketch before the opening theme this week. Right. It's almost unbelievable, actually, but uh, just as we were sitting down to record this hilarious scene we'd written about drilling techniques, a massive crack in the space-time continuum opened in the wall next to us. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. This dazzling, unearthly light began to leak out of it and we could feel this strange force trying to... Pull us in. We almost lost a microphone. We barely escaped with our lives. Thank God all three of us got out alive. Right, so what have we got coming up on the episode this week? We've got a review of the latest episode, Cold Blood. And a bit later we're going to sing you a medley of songs about Cybermen in the style of a barbershop quartet. Except there's only three of us. I don't think our listeners need reminding there's only three of us. There's only ever been three of us. Hey, who remembers the time I went to the 11th hour launch party on my own? I do. I also remember how we all agreed about the episode Waters of Mars, especially the stupid bit at the end, which didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah it didn't make yeah. any sense. Well, was... You know what this podcast needs more of? Contrived metaphors that don't really work. And we never seem to talk about David Tennant's buttocks. Three guys singing songs about Doctor Who and writing sketches that require a lot of background knowledge about the series. Thinking about it, didn't Tacky on TV already have this corner of the market sewn up? I suppose. So who's going to play Amy Pond this week? Well, Sigma, like always. I don't sound like a girl! Whatever. Look, <clears throat> I don't. I'm manly. That's why I'm out every night living the carefree, glamorous life of a single man about town. I'm a babe magnet. No, you have a babe magnet. We bought it for you because you liked the film so much. That'll do, pig. Right. What's next? I guess we'll play another insipid, uninspired jingle. The cast. Is that it? Yes. No soaring vocals or witty rhyming couplet? No. Wait, there's this one. Hey, we're the cast. Don't stop listening. Yeah. Oh, I want to punch myself. That was so bad. There's got to be more to life than this. Wait, what's that? Something's opening in the wall. I think that time crack's back again. Something's coming out of it. Hello. Hey, it's Laura. Hey. Oh, hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hello, boys. Sorry I'm late. I got sucked into that time crack. How I got out is complex and unimportant. That's okay. You're here now. That's what counts. I think the ending of Waters of Mars makes perfect sense. We know, but you are very wrong. So what's coming up in the show today? The usual review, metatextual sketches. I'm going to perform a lovely elegy to Rory. Sounds great. That's a much better idea than us singing ever. But before all that, it's the Oodcast News. Oodcast News. Hello and welcome to the Oodcast News. And after exhaustive tests by scientists studying the impact of its venom over time, Homo reptilia is pronounced less toxic than rhubarb. They may as well get a stick and beat their prey to death the time it takes the poison to have any noticeable effect, one expert said. I'll tell you what would have been a better evolutionary step, a third eye that stuns people and opens doors and stuff. That would have been awesome. Following the transmission of cold blood, 
The United Nations is said to be pursuing the idea of asking randomly selected members of the public to lead international and interspecies negotiations. In a statement, the UN said, It could work. There's nothing like the common sense of the public. Different walks of life can bring interesting new angles. Look at the United Kingdom's jury service. It could be like that. Uh, sort of. The British National Party have distanced themselves from the claims that the Silurians negotiating with humans storyline was influenced by the party's general election manifesto. A statement released through PR guru Max Clifford said, Our policies have never been that half-baked or extreme. Nick Griffin is slimy, but he's no lizard. Why is everyone suddenly talking about Adric? Asks everyone who hasn't seen Cold Blood. And finally, news from 2021. The children's group, Racial Integration, Peace and Reconciliation, has staged its first demonstration. Shouting their slogan, What do we want? Racial integration with lizards. When do we want it? In 999 years' time, they were met with bemusement. One passerby was heard to shout, What are you on about? To which the leader, Elliot, replied, It can be done. Why don't you join us? To which the passerby replied, I doubt it, mate. You lot sound weird. To which Elliot replied, But interspecies societal integration could work and be beneficial to both sides. To which the passerby replied, Look, I don't know. Ask your mum. Podcast News. So, everyone, Cold Blood, what did we think of it? Of Cold Blood? Yeah. The episode we just saw? Yeah. I liked it. I nearly said loved, but then I changed it to like. I qualified it when I realised I didn't love it. I liked it. Is this going to be um, a, a, a highly critical review then, Chris? Not did at all. I really liked it. really like it? <laughs> no, I did like it. I thought it was a fine episode. Fine not in like, whoa, that girl's fine. Just sort of like, yeah, it was fine. So it's kind of only all right. No, no, okay, it was better than all right, but not something that I would tell my children about. One day I watched this episode of Doctor Who and it changed my life. It wasn't well, that good. Well, funnily enough, actually, you could say that it might because here's my theory, right? We've got all of these international incidents going on. Oh, people being attacked. Are they in international waters? Are they not? Oh, countries antagonising each other. And overall, you've got the United Nations trying to broker agreements between people and countries. And um, it's very much that sort of feeling of the episode. This is what international diplomacy would be like if it was slightly weird and for a children's TV programme. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is quite like what we saw on Doctor Who, actually. Everyone sitting around a table and no one really knowing what they're talking An about. An archaeologist getting all hopeful and a former kissogram just getting really bored and yawning An archaeologist? Where did they come in? Was it an archaeologist or a geophysicist? Uh, geoph- well, a rocky Someone person. Someone with a big drill. Another person member of rocks. goodness gracious me. <laughs> okay, no, so I've revealed my lukewarm feelings towards the episode. Does anyone else want uh, to venture? I have similarly lukewarm feelings. for slightly different. I, I think there were several things in it that weren't really used properly and were just a bit of a waste. The guns. I think. The guns, the whole Silurian army that woke up and then went back to sleep again <laughs> without doing anything apart from just looking at people with Sounds their like guns. Sounds like me this morning. Uh, <laughs> the grand old Duke of Homo Reptilia, he had 10,000 men. <laughs> the prosthetics that didn't seem to work on Stephen Moore, that he still looked a bit like himself with some green paint on his face where the rest actually looked slightly unusual. The, the scientist that was quite happily dissecting humans until the doctor turns up and then the doctor decides he loves him, even though he's been dissecting humans for... 
hundreds of years? To be fair, on the scaly uh, lizard scientist, he was dissecting them in a way that kept them alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just... Without anesthetic. Yeah, he's very quick to condemn the humans for their drilling down into the earth without realising there's something there. That's very wrong, but someone dissecting people purposely just for scientific research is fine. Yes, I, I did find that quite amusing. Yeah. I've been keeping a couple of them every few centuries or so. <laughs> I pop up and I grab one of them and I bring them back down. Nobody misses the tiny little children. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Doctor Who meets Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Now, guys. He dancing through the tunnels, waving his fingers, going, Oh, my pretty children. I'll tell you who I blame for this Farago. Not. Chibnall. Chibnall! Chibnall! Are we all shaking our fists? We in are. A kind we've of been, David we've been asked to do that. I've, I've, left that. I've left that for you, Andy, because you're the best. <laughs> there you are. What do you make of that? I would do, but I was holding away, a Andy. yogurt. <laughs> so, Andrew, what did you think of it? I, I thought it was... I thought it was fine. I mean, it wasn't a take your breath away kind of episode, but I thought um, that it did the job really well. And it made some really valid points about, I don't know, racial harmony. And well, going back to what Laura was saying at the beginning, it reflects current events really powerfully. And Not I really, that they could have known that when they wrote it. Yeah. But. Yeah. But there's quite often something like that going on in mm. the news, isn't there? And so, I don't know, it was, it was quite sort of deep and meaningful and reflective stuff. And I really, really, really liked the doctor's part in it where he's like so genial and so hopeful and giving them all like little thumbs up and saying, don't worry, we can make this work. It'll be fine. It'll be brilliant. And this like great big wave of hope going through the episode until a layer is brought back down to the caves. And he's like, no, what have you done? It could have worked. That was really like uh, when they walked in, that was quite a moment, was it? Oops, look what we've done. Yeah. Sorry. You broke it. <laughs> I did think that part was actually quite good because, you know, the Doctor, he, he doesn't fail and we know what happens when events go beyond his control and we know the sort of reactions that he has to things um, that he can't micromanage into perfection. And this was very much one of those uh, times when the Doctor's solution, I nearly said final solution, <laughs> whoops, uh, just completely failed as a result of variables that he couldn't control. And his faith in humanity was undermined in this case, whereas in the previous episode that we may have mentioned a couple of times, um, this this episode, the waters of Mars, the faith in humanity is absolutely restored. But here, here, oh, Ambrose, what a falling off was there. <laughs> Dear one in the TARDIS console room, and the Doctor has finally lost patience with the humans on board. Right, as you lot can't look after just one Silurian... She was taunting me. What would you have done? Tell her to stop taunting me? Well, true. Walk away, take a deep breath... All right, all right. Ignore her? Okay, so there was plenty I could have done. I get it. But you don't get it, do you? You nearly started a war. She infected my dad. They took my son and my husband. Look, I appreciate that you needed to think like that for the weak, clichéd idea of racial inequality to work, but... They're lizards! They don't deserve to share our planet. Oh, for goodness sake, give it a rest, would you? I told you to be better than that. 
I thought I'd made it clear in a purposely theatrical speech that you should not harm her in the slightest. Like I said, she was taunting me. But there was so much that did not make sense. Didn't you work that out for yourself? Like what? Lizards. Cold-blooded reptilian egg layers. Why did she have mammary glands? What? Breasts. Ever seen a lizard with breasts? No. Then why did Alea have them? Did she? You didn't even notice that the creature you killed needed a bra. Of course not. And it didn't strike you as odd that she spoke perfect English? Well, no. (sighs) Well, I've made a decision. What's that? You clearly need a lesson in how to take care of something. I have a son. Yes, a son that shows virtually no interest in you, but plenty in his dad. That's not true. Anyway, here is what you'll be looking after until I return you all home. What's this? A bag of flour. Flour? That's right. You make all sorts of things with it. Bread, pasta, cakes. Love cakes. I know what it is. Why do I have to look after this? To prove you won't break it like you did with Alea. And if I don't? You'll stay here till you do. Fine. Good. Then we can leave. Doctor! Oh, for goodness sake. I only have one more bag. Make sure you don't drop this one too. It's interesting that you spoke about the waters of Mars because they they went back to the whole fixed point in time thing again. And I still don't think they've really got that worked out. Because if the idea that humans and Silurians could both live on the surface together wasn't something that was fixed in time... That means that everything from 2020 onwards could be, you know, there could be Silurians there as well. That seems like a fairly fundamental divergence in the history of the world. And the Doctor's gone further ahead than that. We've seen further ahead and we've seen that Silurians don't live on this Earth's surface. So it seemed fairly fixed to me. Ah, but does it? I mean, if they took over the deserts of Nevada and Sahara, would they live very separately? I mean, how intermingled would they be? Because we still have very, I don't know if I'm wading into controversial uh, areas by saying that um, you still have a, a, um, a sort of Middle East area. You have the Americans over there. You have the Chinese still in China. We Andrew quite is a just demonstrated with his world. hands where different bits of the world are. If we get them in the right, I put like America over the, that side and China over there. That's roughly right. And Middle East was kind of a bit in, in between. In the middle? Yeah. We really need to get you on camera at some point. (laughs) (laughs) But we're still living in a fairly segregated world, aren't we? And there's a lot of integration on Earth. But I think it would take a long, long time for the lizard people to be integrated into society with people, people. Andrew, I take your point. Mm. I believe you were right. I think that they've set the alarm clock a bit too late. I think a thousand years, by the time a thousand years has gone past, everybody would have forgotten it. And I don't think that they needed a thousand years. I think they needed, say, a couple of hundred. And also, is anyone going to believe Elliot and his mum when they come back to the surface and say, hey, everybody, there's lots of lizards down there and we need to work towards a peaceful solution of living in harmony with them in the next thousand years? That's interesting because doesn't the doctor say something like, you know, get the word out however you can through religious prophecies or whatever? Through myths, through stories. And also you have two humans who are going to wake up with the Silurians again and hopefully be lead ambassadors. I thought yeah. that was really interesting. I like that idea better than the school kid and his mum. But it, it's like the Holy Grail. That must have started from, from somewhere. And that's quite a pleasing image to me that the doctor told a school kid to start the rumour of the Holy Grail in, mm, in the mid-fifth yeah, century. Yeah, but in this day and age <laughs> when you've got stuff like email and 
um, the internet and la, la, la. The idea of sort of word of mouth legends are going to be difficult, more difficult to start no, and propagate. No, no, less, well, that depends. less yeah. difficult. If you start your email, hello there, I'm a Nigerian prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I have six million US dollars to deposit in your bank account. But of course, also, um, I also need to tell you about this race of lizards. <laughs> well yes I mean that's really my point in order to receive your funds <laughs> you must join our army of lizard lizard uh, cossiters <laughs> a, what kind of job would a lizard cossiter have I don't know you've just made up the profession I don't even know what a cossiter is uh, somebody who tenderly cares for and maybe strokes a little bit oh, okay. of a lizard that's a lizard gossiter for, for some reason I tell it to mean a corseter no, they're already skinny enough. Sorry, sorry. I did notice that they'd pick some fairly swing actresses to play the. Did you um, not notice Alea and um, the the lead warrior was played I by the same? I fancied them both. Per- they, yeah, they're played by the same person. That's why. Yeah. I so think. you're oh, fancying right. both of them is logical. Yeah. For once. Well, there oh. you have it. I'm um, going back to Chris's point about fixed points in time not being all that kind of. Um, um, well worked out this time. I think that that is going to become relevant later on. We're probably seeing quite a lot of um, hints that Stephen Moffat is putting into his stories uh, throughout the series, which will all add up to uh, the final, the finale. Um, and I reckon that what we've seen so far, the things that have struck me that are probably relevant, the end of Flash and Stone where the Doctor's looking off into the middle distance with a smile and and Amy says, what is it? And he goes, well, time can be rewritten. I think that's really going to become a big point in the finale. I think something terrible happens in the finale. Uh, Well, I think we know something terrible happens. We get the idea that something Mm. big's going to blow up. Um, But I reckon that River Song will probably blow up the TARDIS with the Doctor in it. Because uh, obviously it looks like the TARDIS is going to go pop. And presumably she kills the Doctor because of what was said in the Weeping Angel story. But I think the Doctor will foresee this and prevent it from happening. Prevent the crack from ever being there. And therefore everyone who fell into the crack will be fine, including Rory. Yes. Now I was going to say, they killed Rory off. He's a really good character. He works really well in the storylines. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right. He's not going to come back. Mm, exactly. Because <laughs> the moth said in Doctor Who Confidential, it was time for a sacrifice. It was time to show that the Doctor's universe is dangerous. I don't think that's the reason they killed him off because it felt too crowbarred into the plot. It was like, now we've got and to a, kill Rory. Apart from anything else, there were bits of that that didn't make sense and it's kind of glaringly obvious that, okay, so if they couldn't rescue Rory from the crack, why could he put his hand in it? Well, because without... he's a Time Lord. Yeah, I, I think would that. Reckon. Let's just get out of jail free card. He is a Time Lord. He can do stuff like that. <laughs> You're making his like an RTD solution. Speaking of Rory, <laughs> I thought his face when he got shot was terrific. He looked almost inhuman. Mm. It was brilliant, brilliant mm, acting very on the part well of that played. guy. I thought um, Amy was very well played very in those well two played, scenes yeah. as well. Especially the scene in the TARDIS where she's trying not to forget him. Yeah, She I was brilliant, she was but I thought throughout the episode, she was. I felt Karen Gillan was quite one note. Uh, she's got this way mm. of delivering lines, mm. and she does love lines that way. Um, but she really but she did was brilliant nail that scene, yeah. And then when she's forgotten, she's immediately up on her feet, she's going, what were we saying? What did you say, Doctor? And it was like sudden sort of like change. Proper acting, that. He never opened the ring box. Has it gone? The what box? The ring box. 
No, I think that might be... There were some suggestions in something I read yesterday that the ring still being in the TARDIS was a way that they'd bring Rory back. Oh. Yeah, because that's it is quite an a significant object thing. out of yeah. time now. Mm. The TARDIS would have protected it from the rewritten mm. timeline, but the fact that it's still there means there's hope. To be fair, on the same thing, I read something about um, Amy pickpocketing the uh, the lizard <laughs> doctor is possibly a signal towards um, the thief that River Song becomes in the future. Uh, and that's Do you think I, Amy is River Song? Oh my that's lord! That's when I close the browser. So the pond becomes the river. Oh no! Oh. So all in all, what uh, did we think? It was kind of, kind of all right, but still good. I th- personally, I thought it was more on the part of um, the Dalek story than the rest of this. A series. little bit disappointing. Is that what you're saying? A little bit, but only because there were so many good ideas and it looked like it could go so many different directions yeah. and it ended up being an army that didn't do anything and then went back to sleep and um, two women and a lizard sitting around a table. What about the blue grass? Didn't get an explanation of why that was. We, we, yes, did, we did in the first in one. The first oh, did we, what was it? Minerals that hadn't been around for millions mm. of years or thousands of oh, years. There yeah. as markers so people wouldn't dig cleverly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that right. When I see that, yeah, that, that's going to put people off digging, isn't it? Well, you know, blue in nature, there's not so much blue yes. bottles, well, blue bells, blue frogs. That if you eat them, they die. There you go. Nature's way of saying don't. If you eat, if don't you eat, eat them, this. they die. Did well, you say? No, well, you, you both die. As die. Well. <laughs> it's a sort of a mutual death thing. Um, I thought for me, Smurfs, Smurfs, Smurfs <laughs> can be dangerous, and they don't taste as good as you think they would. No, <laughs> that's true. Um, for me, this episode was a bit like a block of Emmental. You know, I really, really love cheese, and this one had loads of nutty goodness, but there were these massive, massive holes in it, which, of course, were part of the quintessential structure of the episode. But I can't help thinking that the holes would have been better if they'd had more cheese in. I think I agree broadly with Laura on this one. It's Doctor Who, and so therefore I'll always love it. I'll always set it above other programmes, but yeah. this was really a very work-a-day episode. I don't think I particularly hated it, but there was nothing in that truly sung, and so therefore I will place it on average, an average score. It's, it's five out of ten, you know, mm. it's fine. What did we think of the voiceover? What did we think of the um, Silurian King's like voiceover? <laughs> Why was that there, even? Why, what for? I just I thought it would be really interesting when it started if they flipped mm. it and they were going to do the second episode from the viewpoint of the Silurians, whereas they'd done the first episode from the oh. viewpoint of the humans. Yeah. So that's what I thought it was going to be. I got quite excited. And then when it turned out not to be, and that seemed fairly inconsequential to the whole thing, well, that's sort of pointless, isn't it? It's yeah. Disappointing. Well, all in all, in all, in all then, um, maybe not the greatest ever, but still still good Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. And next week looks amazing. Yeah, next week mm. is going to be super... Do you think that the script that we wrote for it right at the beginning of this season is going to be correct in any way? It was like the first thing we did. Oh, uh, yeah. Amy wasn't even Scottish in it. <laughs> so that's how much we knew at that point. So if next week Hugh Grant is in it and uh, people coming up with cunning plans, we will seem like amazing prophets of the future. Doctor Who! Doctor Who! See? I can do it. Right, it's competition time. Hooray! Hooray! Can we have a, some sort of music for competition time? 
Uh, we thought it might be nice to run some sort of competition and what we came up with was this. Send in your song suggestions and a nice set of lyrics for me and I will perform the best song on the a new finale cast. episode. On the finale. I was going to bring the spoons in to play with you. Oh. <laughs> Sylvester McCoy's going to come in. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. So Matt yes, Smith will bring idea. his guitar. And uh, David Tennant will bring his flugelhorn. And I can bring my kazoo. Patrick Troughton will bring his recorder. Won't be able to play it. Oh. And the brigadier will bring his bassoon. Oh, I thought he was more of a kitar kind of man. Mm-hmm. Oh. Really? John, yeah. John Pertwee is definitely a bongo man. So yeah. there we are. An array of Doctor Who themed musicians will bring your creation to life on the finale episode of the Oodcast. It's going to be amazing. So get your competition entries in to Oodcast at me.com or indeed the Oodcast at me.com because both of them work now. Hooray. You can also talk to us on Twitter and Facebook at whatever that website was slash the Oodcast. And we also have a website which is <laughs> www.theoodcast.com. And if you shine a light into the sky with an Ood face on it we will run to your aid that's right but can you please do it within like a sort of a 16 mile radius of london thank you yes we don't have a car so (laughs) (laughs) so it might take a while if you could send us the advance money for the train fare as well that would be and avoid bank holidays thanks yes so i believe uh all that remains is for laura to introduce the song for this week which is a bit more serious isn't it laura yes it's very sad I decided I would do a bit of a lament for Rory. So um, here it goes. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Don't let my love pass you by. Didn't think I'd die here this 
was nice wasn't it yeah yeah yeah. i mean it was either that or we had a credit sequence that was completely devoid of music and there was just a broken id card showing up on the ipod Mm. anyway (coughs) that would appear to be that so and no mistake and no mistake so it's bye from me andy from me laura from me chris alpha and for me, Chris Sigma. And I just remembered that we put a new song on our website. The Sound of the Underground by Girls Allude. Allude. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Uh, was the second choice in our vote of the Underground songs. So Laura has recorded that and put it on the website as an extra special feature. Go and check it out. Yeah, we, we all got hair extensions for the picture. <laughs> okay, I love you. Bye. Guys, I've got a cold. Has anyone got any celery? <laughs>